Welcome to God, Yay or Nay. I'm your host, Noor Kidwai. I'm here to find out how we grow, transform, and become our best selves. How we create meaning in our lives. Come join me on my journey. Welcome to another episode of God, Yay or Nay. This is your host, Noor Kidwai. Thanks for tuning in. My guest this week is Jeremy Dobsky. Jeremy is a comedian. He's also a huge fan of all things spirituality, so we have a great conversation. I hope you guys enjoy. Please check me out on Instagram at NoorKidY. Like and subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good rating. That always helps. And we're part of the Comedy Here Often podcast network on 604 Records, so check them out too. Let's get into this week's episode, everyone. My guest this week, Jeremy Dobsky. Welcome to another episode of God Yay or Nay. I'm here today with comedian Jeremy Dobsky. Jeremy, thanks for joining me, bro. Thanks for having me. Hey, man, I'm uh, excited to have you. Uh, actually, I remember like before the pandemic, we and you were talking at a show and we were talking about like Alan Watts and meditation and shit like that. Then we had a great combo and I, I wanted to get you on the podcast, uh, but haven't since I, we met again at another comedy club, the Corner Comedy Club last week, and we kind of sparked this whole uh, conversation up again. Eh? Yeah, I think, I guess it's been, you know, since, since lockdown, I haven't seen you in years. Yeah, it's been a while. So like, yeah. it was such a fun conversation. Uh, I don't know, like maybe give my audience a little background of uh, just who you are, like introduce yourself and uh, like we can talk a little bit more after that. I mean, who who is anybody, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to get right now, into the philosophical questions. <laughs> who, who am I? I mean, uh, like, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I could even tell you. Um, I'm a stand-up comedian, um, musician, writer. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've, I've worn a lot of hats. This is a different hat than you usually see me in, even. I have a lot of, a lot of hats. I got this one at a Scholastic Book Club. And I found it in my mom's house. Oh, you know, you're... it's just kind of like it's just kind of like my tour day hat, you know. Oh, and like just so for the audience who's listening, he's wearing a Goosebumps hat, which is uh, yeah. one of the best books for children, if I remember correctly, growing up. Wait, they're for children? <laughs> oh, you're still fucking rocking Goosebumps? Nice. Imagine, <laughs> imagine I'm still like pointing at the page with my finger, and yeah. But um, yeah, man, I don't, I don't like uh. Who am I? I mean, I'm 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 just uh, I'm just a a guy. I'm just me. You know? Okay, no, I get yeah. that, dude. Uh, it's, so it's I mean, it's it's hard to to you know to for me, it's hard for me to pin myself down. I also like never want to sound uh, like I'm like I'm uh, you know sniffing my own farts. So I'm, I no, always worry I get about that. that. Yeah, yeah, you're like I'm a screenwriter and uh, successful everything. Yeah, I get that. I'm not a successful anything, but I do a lot <laughs> of stuff. <laughs> so dude uh like the one thing is you've been every time we talk together we always get into these kind of uh conversations about spirituality mindfulness and stuff like that um maybe give like have you always been interested in this and like where is that your interest kind of taken you um I mean it's such a loaded question I'll answer uh the best that I can um so uh I was I mean I was raised uh with like fairly observant um, and for sure traditionally uh, Jewish. Okay. Um, so it's always been somewhere in my life, in my history. 
Um, and you know, like because Judaism is so old, um, there is there is like tra tradition. There's like culture with it. It's not just like religion. So it's funny because I've I've you name like a level of spirituality or, uh, and I've, I've basically at the very least touched it, you know, okay. from the, so like, you know, I've, I, um, I mean, most of my teenage years was very, you know, I, I was rebellious and, um, you know, I was fairly atheistic. I lived a pretty nihilistic uh, existence for a long time for a lot of different reasons. And, you know, you kind of fall into those traps of like, I'm not gonna do what you say, you know? And I think that one of the biggest detriments to spirituality is that there's like the the or else attached to a lot of it, right? What like, do you mean? You, you know, believe in God or else, right? Okay, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that really um, hinders someone's spiritual growth, you know? Um, because we are like an animal that that needs ritual and we do need belief i think of some sort you know um and i think that a lot of the problems in society really uh stem from a lack of you know true faith in whatever it doesn't have to be god but just like actual faith not fear right like there's a mm -hmm. i think there's a, like a real dichotomy there with like i think that a lot of people think that what they have is faith but it seems like a lot of what they have is fear and it stems from this like, or else, you know, I think that ritual, uh, for example, could be like anything that you need in order to like, like find that, that peace, that, that quietude, that uh, contemplation, um, mm -hmm. you know, that, that place where you can just like sit with it. Um, that's, a, think, that's a great point, man. And I like how you said that ritual, because like, that's one thing organized religion did bring to society but like yeah. now that organized religion is kind of gone like it is kind of interesting to try to see how we can bring ritual back but into popular culture everything that anybody needs in order to you know keep moving forward is is some form of, form of ritual and it's funny because like this part of me so i'm trying not i'm trying because I, I don't, I do talk about this a lot, but I've never put it into any sort of chronology. So like, let's say, yeah, like as a teenager, I was, I, you know, I, but I always had moments where I would come back to like my spiritual upbringing. Um, in terms of like mindfulness and meditation, in my 20s, I started exploring um, Buddhism, uh, a lot of Buddhism, a lot of Zen Buddhism, Taoism. Um, and then I would fall in and out of different traps with that. Um, because I would still kind of push against anything that was somewhat in that spiritual realm, even though, again, I would fall in and out of some form of spirituality, sometimes even like religious, religiosity, religiousness, religious practice, I guess. Okay. Um, I would go, you know, something, you know, I would experience something um, and it would kind of push me back or I would read something and it would kind of push me back. Reading is like a big part of it. it that reading has always been um, a huge part of my life. And in that, I think I always kind of found, uh, I remained curious enough to, you know, find where I am now. So now like a lot of my stuff is um, kind of like my own brand, I guess, which, you know, again, I don't want to sound like I'm sniffing my own farts. I, I borrow from different places and different things. I mean, I even uh, would read, I don't know if you know who Anton LaVey is. No. So he founded uh, the Church of Satan, like Satanism, 
And what's nice. interesting about <laughs> so people get weird, like there's a lot of weirdness about it, but like I was, uh, you know, curiosity brought me there and I read uh, the satanic Bible. And honestly, the guy was a prankster, he's like a giant prankster. Okay. It was just like a, it's like it's like a it's basically like if Buddhism allowed you to like uh, hit someone and be proud of it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like Satanists, a lot of them are like vegetarians. They don't believe in harming other people because it's a very it's about individuality and it's about it's like the whole point, purpose of it was to be kind of like the exact opposite of Christianity. You make your own decisions. You choose. Um, you're in charge. You're the god of your existence. You, every choice you make has a consequence. So be careful not to make the wrong choices. But if it brings you joy, then maybe you want to do it. If it brings you pain, maybe you don't want to do it. And like, really think about it, you know? So it's not, it's like the same thing in Buddhism. There's a lot of like heaven and hell are a choice. Um, they're not, it's not like a destiny, uh, a destination, right? Um, and in finding all of that, you know, um, I ended up in a place where I started studying meditation, uh, mindfulness meditation. I stumbled upon uh, Ramdas. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, Alan Watts. And a lot of that has to do with my psychedelic journey. I know that I'm kind of like dropping a lot of different things and maybe you can corral some of it with questions, but it's just such a hard question for me to. No, uh, no, I'm like, uh, this because is there's, uh, good. There's yeah. such a his there's such a history here where it's like me in and out, you know, I mean, I had moments where I was like, oh, I'm not eating pork and milk and meat together. And I'm going to like this and that. And then I don't do that. And I start eating pork all over again. You know? ha, like, ha, ha, or ha. I'm like into meditation. And I've had moments where I'm like, meditation is fucking stupid. But like, now I'm at a place where I actually have studied and gotten certification in like mindfulness med meditation, uh, whatever that means, you know. And um, it's, a, it's a practice that it's just like, once you kind of understand what it is, it's really just being here, right? Like Ram Dass's whole thing, be here now. I mean, that's all it really is. And that's really what spirituality mm -hmm. is as far as like I'm, um, I'm using it is it's just like reminders, you know? What I was saying, oh, here's where I wanted to go. Um, what I was saying before is two things that are missing from society is actually faith and gratitude. I think gratitude is, is, a big thing that's missing and i think we lost a lot of that because of uh our lack of uh, faith you know i think those two things feed each other in a lot of ways but gratitude is is huge you know um i'm in the the health industry all right i'm in health and fitness um i work as a personal trainer and in a lot of my nutrition studies i think that an interesting thing i've read in almost all of it is that one thing about mindful eating, right? That's a big problem. People don't eat mindfully. One thing about mindful eating that is missing that we used to have is uh, gratitude, mm. right? We used yeah, to stop yeah. and pause and say something like some sort of thank you to the animal, to the world, to God, to the farmers, to whomever. Like, man, thanks. Thank you so much for giving this to me because like we're not entitled to it. But now we we feel entitled to it, and we just, you know, we just take take uh, take and take and take, right? Mm -hmm. It's like it's interesting, you know. Gratitude has made me eat less less meat, right? Um, mo mostly because like I'm I'm like okay, well like I can't just take so many lives, and I don't need to, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not saying that eating meat is a bad thing, but I think overindulging in it 
is you know it's like something's dying for that you know <laughs> yeah 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 and uh like that that's a good point like mindful eating too like if you if you're grateful for your food you take your time with it as you well and, and it. then you don't overeat you um, don't overeat or you don't you don't just like yeah you don't overeat you don't get sick and honestly i'm not gonna like act like i fucking follow those rules uh, very well because i don't mindfully eat a lot of times and no, I of course have, and, uh, you know sometimes i'm just yeah. sitting there stoned and fucking munching but <laughs> the more often that i do it the better it is you know but the point the point was really more about like it was just an example um no, it's a great of, example, and, and great in, example. Um, in in buddhism one of my favorite things that kind of brought me to to that place um, and again, I, I hope that like, I'm just going to say this and then I'm going to hope you're going to ask me some questions so that I can clarify <laughs> the brain vomit that just fell out of me. Um, but, uh, even in Buddhism, they say there's like a saying about, um, about food in that, uh, if your food is prepared by someone who's upset in any way, um, uh, it's going to make you sick, you know, like th uh, that energy is, is is brought into the food and it actually kind of works um on a biological level but you know when you think about it when you're like oh home cooking is so good it's made with love yeah. literally like made with love like you eat it and it's good for you it's nourishing and nurturing right mm -hmm. but you go to fast food place no one there is happy to be making that food man and that shit makes you sick whether it's right away or long-term. Yeah, and I honestly believe if the animals were like sick or scared or any of that stuff before they were slaughtered, that it's like, different. well, they release the hormones anyways, like the yeah. bad hormones that kind of make the meat different. And if you're in a state of upset and you eat, you actually don't absorb as many nutrients um, as you would if you were calm. That is uh, interesting. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Well, uh, yo, thanks for fucking sharing a lot of that. That was, uh, and like, I actually have one thing I really love about the kind of journey you're on it. Um, like you said, curiosity is kind of leading the way. And I love that because that's kind of like any kind of journey of spiritual growth that has curiosity. It has going to different uh, types of modalities or whatever, di different types of practices and trying different things out and seeing what kind of jibes and fit with you. But like you right. said, like like you said, it all kind of comes down to the same thing. You're trying to come back to the present moment. You're kind of trying to be here and be able to, and like that's why you have to kind of keep going all over the places because like you have to find a way to separate like what you really are from yourself. And when you have that, then it becomes easier to be like, okay, this is the present moment. This is what like right. being here means. And Which is what I believe God is. Like my belief in God is truly that, you know, it's the, it's that oneness. And I don't just mean like the, we're all one consciousness, which I do believe, but it's also the fact that like, there's only this, like there's, there's this. So like being, like being here um, is is God, you know, that that's what it is. You're, you're quote unquote punished by God every time you move too far forward or stay in back, right? Like hell, heaven and hell are a choice. And it's like choosing to be in different states um, that are outside of what this I exactly is. The concept of happiness, I think, um, lays on that too, right? Is like, it's an acceptance of everything as it is, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, pushing pushing against um, one part of reality while trying to appreciate the other is, is um, I don't know, some, some form of 
I guess you would call it like the suffering or uh, discontent at the very least, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, to pretend that the world isn't the way it is just for like a moment, a moment of, of quote unquote, I wouldn't even call it um, happiness, but like um, pleasure, right? Like pushing away pleasure, pretending that pain doesn't exist isn't really pure, isn't really true pleasure, you know, I guess. No, then, no, 100%, because you're not being there and, like, witnessing or being with the pleasure. Uh, because, you're actually focusing yeah. on the suffering. Yeah, and you're trying to, you're trying to push it away. <laughs> that's no, what, like, the, that's... the focus, the focus, whether yes or no, is always going to be what, what the experience is, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I think you did, like, just kind of like say what the whole point of your mind is always wants to resist a lot of the times like when you're just trying to be here so it's like kind of like learning how to like witness that resistance and uh though it's more of bringing your awareness to that resistance eventually kind of like you know like takes it away or weakens it and it kind of goes away eventually right well it's like alan watts always says you know um i think it's alan watts it might have been it might be, I think it's Alan Watts where um, thinking has no place in um, meditation, you know, <laughs> or no, not, not, what is it? Thinking has no place in Zen, I think is what it is. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, um, thinking is the, is like thinking is what, what makes, what, what makes things interesting, but thinking is what gets us into a lot of trouble. And in fact, you know, I mean, having done so many psychedelics, um, a lot of this, these processes, I think I fucked up that paraphrase, but anyway, it's like, if you look at everything around us, it's all just like, we're like trapped by thought, you know, um, like our buildings, our systems, our structures, all the, all of this, like it's, it's all thought put mm-hmm. into action. Um, but then we're trapped. We're like surrounded by thought and thinking. And that's where like, we lose that mindfulness that being in the moment being here being present um you know it's it's like we're we're in this system that forces constant thinking and that's why the first lockdown was so great because it was like we just finally had time to just stop fucking thinking all the time like I processed everything and there was I remember there were just moments where it was like no like I I, I've done it like it's gone now, you know, like I <laughs> have the time to process all that shit, you know, um, like the brain is a, is an organ and um, sure it has like the fluids in it, the chemical fluids in it. But I think of like thought now as like just the organs function. And it's like, it's so, it's like, you don't get caught up in your heart pumping blood, but we get so caught up in our brain pumping out thought um that's a perfect analogy man and that's a hundred percent it because your brain pumping out thoughts there's nothing wrong with that it's just just understanding that that's there and then and and yeah and it's just like you don't need to be there you don't need to pay attention to it at all but once in a while i'll pump out an amazing thought and if you if you developed enough awareness you'll be able to catch that thought and be able to write it down and run with it but running with all of them all at once is like, <laughs> and I'm like, I, you know, I'm a highly anxious person. Like I'm not, I'm in no way any sort of just like, you know, Zen monk, but like, 
I, um, I have, like, I, even today I was noting certain things about myself. I'm like, you know, I don't do that anymore. It's like, it's nice to shed those parts of yourself where you just, you know, feel, feel more, more at ease and more at peace and just more present for things. And I find that like, uh, doing this exploration and some of it inadvertently. And I think that like, we're all on the same path in that regard. Like, you know, it's just some, some people find it easier and then some people have to come back and do it again. You know, <laughs> but, um, and most of us, you know, we're probably all going to have to basically do that. Um, but I wanted to ask you though, uh, dude, a little bit yeah, about please, why you were, um, <laughs> no, I was wondering to ask you about, uh, like you were talking about coming back into Judaism now. Like I was wondering, like, what in uh, this stage of your spirituality like attracted you to kind of come back into uh, Judaism? It's really, uh, it's really interesting. Um, so I, I wish I wrote this down. Um, let me try to formulate it. So there are a bunch of different things there. Um, a huge part of it, first of all, is that, um, so I come from, you know, uh, basically, uh, three of my four grandparents, all um, survivors of World War II, two specifically um, the Holocaust, um, like like the concentration camps. Mm -hmm. One uh, escaped Russia at a young age. Um, but, you know, all of that to be said is like, I don't know uh, much about my family history uh, before, before them. Mm. Right. Like I don't have I don't have pictures. I don't have a lot of the stories. I don't have the cousins and aunts and uncles from from that. Like we do have we we have repopulated, but, you know, I don't have that. And mm -hmm. um, in that, um, I think that's why I've always kind of remained somewhat uh, tethered to um, that belief system is because it is my culture, like it is my connection to my family. Um, you know, it's funny, like I'll read, uh, parts of the, like, I'll, or, uh, I've read parts of the old Testament or I hear the stories again and I'm like, Hey, that's like my uncle or some shit, you know, that exploration. And I've, I've read all the, I've read, you know, as much of like my, my people's history as, um, as I can, like I've all of it, you know, I, I've read a lot, a lot about it. Um, so I've always been sort of tethered to it in that regard. Now, one thing that um, that kind of coincides with like uh, one thing that le let's say I've I've seen from a lot of uh, theological or spiritual texts, and that includes um, Anton LaVey, who I mentioned earlier, who again, like just kind of a fun read, um, but he talks about how um, it's, and a lot of other uh, spiritual leaders around Doss talks about this too. Um, I think, um, I think I've even heard something from the Dalai Lama about it, but it's like, you need a spiritual language too, right? And it's best to use a language that you were kind of raised in regards to your, um, your belief system. Um, so if it's English and it's English, but like, you know, um, Hebrew is part of that too. Um, and I know, I know how to say grace, you know, I know certain things uh, because of, because of that language. Um, and I decided that like, because I was studying a lot of like Buddhism and Hinduism and like that history too, um, you know, uh, right before the pandemic. And then when I had time to just kind of really explore things deeply and I was studying 
the meditation at the time too, um, and the body sciences that I got into, um, is all connected to this. Like, you know, it's like we're it's learning about like how the mechanics of the universe work. And Judaism has a lot of that in it too, with um, like the mysticism behind it, um, which like I'm not going to go into trying to explain, and I don't know enough about it to even attempt to. Uh, but there's a lot of numerology and um, and all of that involved. Um, plus, like I'm really into simulation theory. Again, I'm not going to try to explain that. Um, but you know, the simulation got me thinking in regards to like how religious texts do, unfortunately, do have a lot of like poignancy still, um, and they seem to be. It's all very coded. Um, like if you read it for what it is, that's fucking nuts. <laughs> it's awful, it, awful. Yeah, but I like yeah. that. If you read it in 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 the the way that it's coded, whether that's in English or looking at the actual numerology behind the letters and the and and such used, um, the the language and all of that, like no matter what, I it just seems like if this is some sort of uh, code. Uh, or some sort of uh, simulation, um, which it, I, it probably is in one way or another, right? Like even in Eastern philosophies, it's the, this, this is all an illusion, right? In Buddhism and Hinduism, this is illusory. Um, and um, there's, there's code behind it, right? Um, there are point systems, uh, there are pixels, you know, like it's kind of in, in that way um, mm -hmm. is what I mean. But yeah, so I was like, well, if if it is, if these books are the code, then I really want to get even further into it. And in studying it, I sort of started looking at Judaism through this Buddhist uh, perspective, because I had kind of fallen out of it for a while, but I started reconnecting with it. And um, mainly just, again, out of, out of that curiosity. And what I started realizing from also listening to uh, these other teachers and, um, you know, reading, you know, yeah, like Thich Nhat Hanh, um, uh, Alan Watts, all of it is that like, and also doing a lot of psychedelics, which I no longer ever feel like I need to do. Like I'm in a place where it's like, I just, I just turn that on if I need to. <laughs> yeah. All right. Nice. <laughs> but, um yeah it just kind of like clicked on its own but I use it in a way where it's like it's my way of of using something that I was raised with in my own way to uh navigate um this reality right to have that gratitude when I need it to be able to say thanks but in a way where I'm not putting too much of myself into it by overindulging in the language, right? I used kind of like a fixed language in that way. I mean, I do say, um, you know, when I, at the end of my meditation, I'll say what I guess you would call like a prayer of some sort, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, in some way um, in order to kind of speak to myself, right? Um, and I think that that's what a lot of, it, a lot of like the prayer really is, is you're, someone was asking me why I would be interested in that. And I'm like, I don't know. You just say like a bunch of nice words to yourself. Like, well, how often do we do that? How often do we actually sit there quietly and, you know, just say a bunch of nice things to ourselves. We don't yeah. do that. Yeah. We're not doing that anymore. No. Um, so like, why wouldn't you want to just say some nice things to yourself, whether it's in your language or another one, 
it's like, it's just kind of nice to do that. Um, and that's, you know, um, I'm, I'm definitely missing um, something here. Um, but yeah, coming back to Judaism has been really interesting. It's also a way for me to connect to my history. Um, it's also like, I've studied it to a point that I see it for what it was supposed to be and not what it currently is. Again, I think there's a lot of um, fear running the show with most of this stuff. And I think that fear is the opposite of all of it. I think that fear is the opposite of love. And a lot of it is based in like love and love in the, as a concept of like, it's like an energy more than it's like, no, I, I get what you're saying, yeah. like in a more spiritual energy and more being in the moment energy while yeah. fear, fear is more of a openness, thinking. openness yeah. and fear and, is closeness. And I and, think that yeah. any time that a decision is made in fear and not in love is a mistake. Like that's how I run the show now. Like that's how I that's how I run my life now is like what am, what is what is in charge in this thought process? Is it fear? Then don't don't take action is it love okay then maybe it's the right thing to do you know that's uh ah, that's actually beautiful i like that that's um actually a good way when you're going through life to know what you're doing is right if you're right like if it is in a loving process if you can feel like hey i'm open i'm feeling alive i'm feeling connected when i'm doing this thing you're like all right i think this is probably a good direction if you're constantly and then when i, when I yeah. don't i have a system in which to check myself you how know. do you do that? Well, I, I give myself a lot of shit, but like I, I process, I'm like, oh, okay. Like what was, why did I do that? You know, that's something that's caused trouble. And I look at it, right. Sometimes you make a decision out of love and it causes you trouble, but only because sometimes, because I also believe that like love is, is because it's openness, it's being in the moment. It's honest. Love mm -hmm. is honest and honesty is, is a challenge. And that's not being rude or unkind, right? I think honesty is the kindest thing you can do. I think God is just truth, right? And the truth is what is actually happening. And so I try to always, always speak or act from that place. And when I don't, and it happens. Yeah, lot, it happens a lot. It happens a lot. A lot. Yeah, and, yeah. But when I don't, I, I have to face the truth i have to face god i have to go okay what did why did i do that and then i have to check that behavior and it's actually gotten me to a place now that i try not to criticize unless that piece is no longer in me like if i if i'm criticizing it means that it's something that i've that i've worked on you know if i'm like oh i don't like this it's because like if i'm openly able to have like willing to have the discourse it means that i'm i've likely um, checked that behavior in myself. And if I do, like my biggest fear, the thing I think that I hate the most is hypocrisy. Okay. I hate, I hate it. I hate hypocrisy and dishonesty. I just like those things. I, I, I want to avoid being any of that as much as possible. And we all do things where we're, where we, we're like that. But anytime I find that in myself, I'm like, that's where my work is. Like, that's the work that I have to do next, you know? Okay. That's, uh, I like that. That's actually a great way to like check yourself constantly. I really like that. But um, I just want to mention now that I've kind of reconfigured, like I said, I wish I wrote some of this down so it wouldn't be so all over the place. I hope I'm not just like babbling. Um, 
Because sometimes this stuff just sounds like crazy babbling. You know? <laughs> uh, I think the people in my audience are people who understand a lot of these uh, <laughs> topics we're talking about. And they also <laughs> crazy babble all the time. Like, I love these conversations because it's two people being able to be like, yeah. And then like, what if it is a simulation, you know? Well, like, um, yeah, that's isn't that how like, I'm pretty sure the Dalai Lama said like the truth is always paradoxical, they call paradoxical. And like, yeah. that's kind of true. Like when you're talking about stuff that's like kind of true or about like what the, what reality is, of course it's, you can't really put it into words anyways. So um, the thing with, with like Judaism in the, through the Buddhist lens that really, this is where it really clicked. So I was studying a lot of the history of the, of the religion before, like not before, but um, like when I kind of started falling back into it, I was studying the history of it. And the thing that that is in there, um, I mean, part of it. So hmm, part of my my returning to it is actually a result of uh, witnessing the bigotry and like wanting to know the history of like the bigotry, like the anti-Semitism, like where like what like <laughs> Judaism hating Jews is so um is so prevalent and so ancient um, yeah it is it's that it is. there are like there are there are there are there there's it has its own word right there's even a word for like pillaging a jewish town you know like the oh, word pogrom is specifically stems from like doing that you know like it's crazy but going through all of that it made me like it made me wonder like where does that come from you know and a lot of it comes from that um, uh, Jews are not allowed to perform any sort of idolatry. Um, it's like the number one like sin, right? Um, like, which is don't interesting. Have a, don't right? have an idol other no than false God. idols. Like you can't, yeah. like you can't have, you can't, you you just like we didn't like Jews didn't want to be in pictures when cameras first came out because they thought it was idolatry. Um, and throughout history, kings and leaders, and then the church eventually, um, all would say like, we're anointed by God and you should bow to us, right? Men would say, bow to me. And Jews would say, no, you're not anointed by God. You are not God. That's not God. All of this is bullshit. And they'd be punished for it. And that, oh, that's, okay. that's, always, that's been a big part of the history is Jews would not fall in line. The, the, the assimilation um, is like, is what was a big part of it. And I love, especially as a, as a comic and the kind of comic that I am coming from a, a long line of truth tellers, right? And all, in that too, um, you know, there's like, there's like that defiance. Like I've always been very, you know, I guess we'd call it like punk rock. You know, I've been, I'm, I'm, I'm very, into like a, like a proper form of anarchy, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I really wish that we had more confidence in ourselves as individuals that we could just rule amongst ourselves, you know? But I, I, li I liked that part. Um, and also because of all of the uh, history of anti-Semitism um, and having to hide the religion, um, there's like an interesting little thing about it that I don't even think most modern day Jews understand about the history of Judaism. Some do. I've had the conversation with them. There's a lot of like the fear running the show. So the way that Judaism used to work was it when it first started, um, like when it first first started, it was actually not a monotheistic religion. Um, there were multiple gods. It came from Bab Babylon, a Babylonian 
um, religion, I believe. And then God had a wife at the beginning of like what, what was known as like the first stages of Judaism, I guess. Um, Lilith, who still, her name's still popping around here and there, but Lilith ended up becoming like a, a pretty like satanic figure, um, you know, um, which is again, something I'm not qualified to really go too deep into. But anyway, so that all happened. Um, Judaism was a very ritualistic uh, religion, still is, but had a lot of like, you needed a place to go and perform ritual and perform sacrifice. And um, only certain people were allowed to at high priests. We had like a, basically a case uh, system. Um, it still sort of exists, but it doesn't really anymore. Um, but there's a case system, more or less, there were high priests who would perform stuff, then there were like the helper class, then there was another class, and there was a lot of ritual sacrifice um, of like, of animals, and there were altars, and there were, there was, there was like specific types of buildings, and there were, there was one main temple, um, and it was destroyed, uh, I believe the first one was destroyed by the Greeks, and I think that's like in the story of Hanukkah, actually, uh, which is not in the Bible. Um, then after that, uh, we built another one. That one was destroyed by the Romans. Um, and that's where the Wailing Wall is today. That's why that wall is so important, because that's like God's home, technically. Right. Oh, OK. That's why that wall is so important. Uh, that part of Jerusalem is so contentious, because that's like the most important site in the religion right hmm. but with the destruction of the second temple we vowed to never build another temple and instead the temple became a place uh, not a place but a, like a part of us like you could have the temple in your heart and judaism became similar to buddhism where it was just kind of like although closed practice it was a practice where um, you could kind of do your own thing, but follow the rituals the best you can. However, with the diaspora, right, the Jews having to spread out around the world by constantly being chased out of their homes and out of places and spreading and sp uh, to different parts of, um, you know, Asia and, and Europe, um, things changed. So it was like, okay, well, to pray, you don't need the high priests, right? You don't need the high priests. We created uh, rabbis, but rabbis aren't, um, they're just philosophers uh, or they're supposed to be. So they're just, they were, they're just philosophers who make sure that rituals are followed properly. That if you have questions about any of the, the thing, like they're the guy to go to, you know, but okay. you don't need them. You can just have a group of Jewish people or pray by yourself for most things. There, is, there are some prayers that need to be said with 10 people or more, but overall you could do it anywhere. And they, and we, and, and it was a big part of like, being able to hide but still practice, but also like not needing a place of practice. Cause every time we would try to build one, it would just get destroyed and, and all that. Anyway, it became um, a, a belief system that was open to not just interpretation, but change. So it would grow with time. It would grow with, with discourse. You know, the books would stay, the book would stay the same, but other books were being written constantly. Um, Every rabbi, uh, famous rabbi, um, was just a philosopher who had a different take. And they would, and arguing is a big part of Judaism. Like literally like arguing is a big part of it being like, no, it says this because it means this. No, it actually means this when they say that. And it's like, 
that's a big part of it, discourse. Mm. World War II comes along much later. Um, and also what's interesting is um, the Jews had to print their own books. So the reason that Judaism remained a religion, even though it was spread out and pushed around the globe, um, is because there was communication amongst every single group because we would write like newsletters and stuff. Uh, which is kind of fun. So like we would update about this community here and this community there. It's always been part of um, the religion and the culture. Anyway, World War II happens and, you know, it ends. And when it ended, that's when fear took over. And fear created the dogmatic uh, form of Judaism um, that is current orthodoxy. Um, the black hats, the coats, the all of that stuff. Um, like that look, that's Polish gentry. That's not like, that's an Eastern European look specifically. There are all sorts of, there are Jews everywhere in the world and there are all sorts of different forms of Jewish culture. Mm. Um, there's, that's an Ashkenazi Jews uh, where that, that's also like usually a very specific group of Ashkenazi Jews who are the most visible, the largest um, group, Ashkenazi Jews being Eastern European um, descent oh, so that's man. like that's how like polish gentry would dress and they dress like that currently um claiming that it's to prevent um, status um amongst like visible status like all dressing the same in the same clothes looking the same like no one has like a better suit than the other one. Oh, you know, okay like okay okay i get that i get that but right. then there's sephardic judaism which is uh, the other more prevalent like one of the two most prevalent um and those are more like um like Western Europe, so like Spain, um, a lot of them come from like Spain, um, a lot of like African countries, so like Morocco, um, for example. Do you care um, what like Judaism like you're part of, or do you try to? Well, like, this that is this matter. is more. These ones are more like you know the the philosophies are different. Uh, is all like um, so like it's more cultural, you know. They'll mm -hmm. eat certain things on certain holidays where we are not allowed to do that. And then there's also like different sects of Judaism amongst those who follow different rabbis. Like, so in uh, Ashkenazi Judaism, there, is, there are like different sects where they behave in different ways. There are an Eastern, there is an Eastern European group who wear all white and they wear, um, they wear all white and they're like, so... I would say the black hat guys, that's like our Catholics. Those guys are all like solemn and like, you know, we must protect the culture and it must be dogmatic and we have to do this and we have to that. And like, it's, you know, there, there, I have, and I, I've spent a lot of my life uh, knowing that, that group and there is a lot of beauty in some of it, uh, but that fear that runs most of it, that's a fucking problem. Um, so those are more like the Catholics, you know, and they also, um, some of them, they believe that this one rabbi uh, was, uh, is, who, who died is supposed to be the, the Messiah, which is like verging on idolatry. And yeah, yeah, I, have few, yeah. I have a huge issue with, with that, especially within the philosophy. Anyway, um, yeah, these guys who, who like sing and dance and stuff, they're all into like the mysticism. They're called um, uh, Breslev uh, Jews. They followed a rabbi, uh, Rabbi Nachman of Breslov, who was like, just this storytelling, like old hippie dude, um, you know, in the 1700s. And um, yeah, they do psychedelics. They do really like uh, meditative practices. They'll go into the woods and like scream at the sky for like a night. 
um, just to make sure God can like hear them for the rest of the year or whatever. Like they do. Uh, they like, sound like. Really cool. They like, sound like these dudes. Yeah, they sound like Sufi Muslims, actually. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, like it's like there are all sorts of different forms, and then there's there's people like me who most would consider reformed, but like the way that I look at everything, it's like, I've, I've done my research and I've kind of pieced everything together, you know, but my biggest, the thing that I love most and the whole reason I gave that whole, excuse me, that whole story um, is to say that, that, you know, I'm, I'm ready. I'm like, what made me really embrace it again was one needing, um, needing a language in which to explore my spirituality, but mostly was finding out like through the Buddha, like re, re, um, re-educating myself about Judaism with a Buddhist lens, because Buddhism being an open practice, technically not a religion, can be a religion, does it, it's kind of whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Um, finding that like, that like actual Buddhist, um, that Buddhism in, in Judaism, like it's there, it's like, and the two religions were kind of forming side by side, just in different parts of the world. Um, and I think that like, one thing I will say is that every single belief system that I've explored, including Satanism is saying the exact same thing. Um, it's just what is running this, like what emotion is running uh, the show because everything is a choice and a perspective. And like, you know, one person can see a flower and be like, oh, that reminds me of death because like, that's the flower that was at my grandma's funeral and the other person's like i don't know it's a flower it's beautiful you know what i mean yeah yeah but it's it's the same thing like um yeah where it can be like a real problem if it's not if it's not used right like anything i think faith is a tool um just like anything else and a tool can be used to help or harm yeah no, I I hundred agree with hundred percent agree with that. Uh, yeah, dude, yeah. thanks for sharing that, man. Um, it's like uh, the one thing I really liked about it is like how you even said like I think you were saying the Dalai Lama said like you need a spiritual language to kind of speak, and I fucking love that. Um, it's it is like important for that. Like I can also understand why like a lot of people kind of go back to their the religion they were raised in even when they go through in the atheistic phase or whatever or like just like a phase where they're like ah fuck this kind of stuff I, I kind of did it myself I wouldn't say I'm going back into my religion but I've had so much more respect for it than uh completely like have I I want to be in the rituals and stuff that are in it but right like, well what's your what's your whole like what like what got you to start this pod? I'm sure you've talked about it already but like what got you to start this? Like, why are, why are you and I here right now? Like, why are, like, what is your system? Yeah. Well, like, honestly, I, I was uh, always like Muslim. I was raised Muslim and I was kind of religious and I used to listen to the stories and that's my cultural stories that I was raised in. I was told yeah. them and like, that's my, stories. I've always loved the stories. Yeah, no, exactly. And so that was where I came from, but I always like, didn't have a, I didn't like organized religion and like going to the mosque sometimes when I was young, I remember just seeing people who were just too religious that it just, they couldn't think for themselves. And I remember seeing yeah. that and going like, yeah, I never want to be that. And that's that fear. Right. And that's where forcefulness comes from. And it's honestly, it's like a violence on the spirit when you, when you push it that way. 
Well, yeah, and you're not your own self. And like you said, that's why I could see that Satanism pushing the kind of individuality or where it's like, be be more co- conscious. And of he your... was just kind of like trying to be uh, the boogeyman for the Christians. He was like, boo, Satan. He was a funny, he was a funny, weird guy. Like a weird, he was just a weird guy. He was really like funny. I don't know if he meant to be funny. I'm pretty sure he meant to be funny. Um, you know, he he loved the whoopee cushion because it forced people to face the animal inside of them because that was what it was. It's like, you're also, you're a human being, but you're a form of animal. And like, why push that part away from yourself? Which is, you know, again, like you have to have the, you can't have the, the two without the one, you know? No, okay, no kidding. But yeah, man, like uh, when I went into school, like after high school, that, that's when I had that atheistic phase. And I was into a lot of like Richard Dawkins, Christopher Hitchens, stuff like Sam Harris, guys like that. And okay. then, um, yeah, like I, I always started meditating back then. Like I read a few of the books that you were mentioning and stuff like that. But like, my spirituality didn't start to come in until like years after. Um, and I had like a lot of meditation under my belt, but then I like, yeah, I started doing like psychedelics and, uh, mushrooms definitely kind of made me a little bit more spiritual. But when I hit fucking ayahuasca, that's when I was like, Holy shit. Like there's something like more deep here. Yeah. When I took DMT, it was a similar thing that kind of set me in motion, but it it wasn't it. Yeah. It still wasn't it. And in fact, I was doing much. It's funny you say that because I was doing mushrooms in high school and I felt a lot of the, we are one stuff, but I always pushed it down. I always like just swallowed that. Oh, really? Well, it's uh, the one thing is like the, we are one stuff. It means, it means you're dissolving your ego, which is yes. very intense. Uh, it can be a very loving uh, thing that you ease into, but it can also be a very intense thing where you're like, where the fuck's my body? Where's my mind? Like, why can't yeah. I get like, where is everything? I had, like, I had ego death from, uh, so I've, I, I've done a lot of acid in one sitting and I had an ego death um, with one tab, New Year's uh, 20, 2012. Remember the, the Mayan calendars? And I went oh, to yeah, yeah. paranoid trip. I went to a rave and at the rave, I was like, I got, we got to leave. Like I thought the, I just started believing the world was ending. Um, and like, I had like evidence, but it was really like a hallucination. I forgot that I was on drugs and I had an ego death moment. And that, again, it's like those little things that like, where you just break down those, that part of you, that, that wall, right? Aldous Huxley talks about how it's like, it's like we're, we see the world through this tube until we like, until it's no longer, until we start to dissolve the tube and then it expands into um, like what things are, but we need the tube. Otherwise we wouldn't be able to survive. And uh, yeah, that's a good point. We need the tube and the tube is like, it's a comfortable tube because like you, it keeps you sane because like when you get rid of that tube really quickly, it's fucking can be bad. But like when you, when you slowly dissolve and kind of settle into that tube, that's when it's beautiful and you can feel those expansive feelings and openness and just be like, oh my God. And those, those kind of uh, moments, uh, especially when they're like, uh, coupled with me with ayahuasca was first coupled with gratefulness myself and that's how when you were saying uh like bringing back gratefulness to culture is such a huge thing I agree completely and I I always struggle with that with my that myself not struggle but like you always have to kind of have 
practices to bring you back to that. So sometimes I lose that gratefulness and that's when I see a lot of my attitudes start changing and become more bitter and stuff because you have to bring that gratefulness back. But honestly, those are kind of the ways I came into just like loving these subjects. And eventually I was just like, I need to start a podcast because this is just shit I talk about all the time and listen to all the time and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, no, I, I'm grateful for it, man. It, it's it's awesome because, um, yeah, like I have a lot of the conversations. I don't have a lot of space in which, like, as you saw, like I was, you know, I was like, I wish I wrote this down because the conversation can go on for hours and it's so easy to just keep, to get, get the point across. But, you know, when you have a limited amount of time, it's almost like, shit, I never wrote this essay. Uh, <laughs> you know? No, no, I'm like, I, I read I the it. book, but I never wrote the essay. Yeah. It was... It was funny, man. Yeah, the only, I had ego death. Um, man, there's a lot that I want to tell you about. I had another ego death experience um, last year. Uh, maybe it was the end of 2020. I think it was the end of 2020. And I ate some mushrooms and I had just gotten my dog um, and we were hanging out. And I was like, it, it was just like a moment. I, I couldn't tell you how, what it was. It was very painful. And I also had entity contact. It was a very painful uh, ego death. Like it hurt. It felt like my heart was being just torn open. Yeah, yeah. And there was a lot. I mean, I was going through um, quite a situation. Um, and I just like, I guess I needed it. And it just like tore my heart open. I just was like splayed out on my bed. Um, and um, I had some entity contact which um was which made me uh it related to some of the spirituality stuff too in that like i think i was seeing like um hindu gods it oh, was like wow. that's what i thought it was um and it was like a very colorful uh backdrop and then i was amongst them but like comfortably amongst them not the kind of entity contact where they're like what are you doing here it was like oh, like, we're all this, like, it almost felt like I was witnessing behind all of our, all of our avatars, like these avatars that we are almost like, if, mm. if I'm like a, a character, and you're a character in this reality, and then like behind it are all these, these gods, these personalities, these god personalities, that's like what I witnessed. But it was like, it had to do with like, I had a moment with my dog where I realized like that's God, like that, that kind of presence where it's just like she, to her, every moment is just exactly what that is. And I'm like, and I'm sitting there just like, you know, petting her and realizing like how much love there is in the moment because she's actually there for it. Mm -hmm. Whereas normally if I wasn't there on this substance, I'd be sitting there with her, maybe petting her, but not like, not being there necessarily not feeling it as much as she's feeling it you know uh -huh. and like that's one thing that animals are really great for is bringing you back to that because it's like it's all the one consciousness um just through like the different angles and lenses and forms of perception but really behind it all is that like that love that that truth that that god right yeah, and that's why, like you were saying at the beginning, like ritual is so important. The whole point of ritual is to bring back to that moment constantly. So you're just, you have a habit form where it almost happens so easily that you come back to that moment oh, just because you do it all the time. for your coffee in the morning. You yeah, know? that's like, a ritual. Like, <sighs> you know. yeah, and uh, 
you know, I don't know if you ever, you know, Carl Sagan, um, his uh, daughter, Sasha Sagan, wrote a okay. great book. I, I read it a few years ago. I wish I knew the uh, wee little thing, something like that. I'm not saying it properly, but uh, it's a great book that, she, you know, she comes from a Jewish background, too. And uh, she the whole book's about ritual as well and ritual and just like the modern world. Like you should check that. Yeah. You should check that out because yeah, it's like, that out for sure. like ritual without spirit or ritual without like dogmatism kind of thing. Yeah. The, the, the dogmatism is the problem. All of that. It's like, um, that's that fear. That's that or else the or else is the problem, man. You know, when you tell like if I'm with my dog and I just start telling her or else like she's not she's not there for that. You know, she doesn't like she doesn't like the or else. It's got to be like a present with her. Like when I, I that's what patience is like. That's what unconditional love truly is, is like being able to be present in the moment, knowing that there's a problem to be solved, but not exploding either the problem or because of the problem, you know, mm hmm. No, I love because that. There's always got to be like a next move, you know, uh, meditation and spirituality aren't, aren't supposed to be like, well, we'll just put it into the hands of whatever. Like, no, you have to like formulate, like, I believe spirituality is hard work. Everything's work. Right. And like, uh, you know, Freud said, you know, everything is, uh, life is, is just work and love. Um, and I love, I really like that, you know, um, Oh, although I'm more into young, honestly. <laughs> oh, I was actually going to say, like, when you were uh, talking about seeing, like, a lot of Hindu uh, gods and stuff in your oh, vision, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love the fact that um, there's so many different psychedelics and people see so many different visions, but they're similar when you talk to people and everyone has their own thing. Like, sometimes it's cultural, sometimes it's just maybe what you've been introduced to. But I've seen people talk about the same kind of like seeing Jesus figures, seeing like um, even Islamic figures, or seeing uh, Egyptian, like old. I mean, I've seen bugs also. Yeah, yeah no, I've and like, <laughs> but like, that's why the whole Jungian thing about the collective unconscious, I just love that yeah. whole idea because I really do feel um you tap into that stuff sometimes when you're well, that's on these why like the us. internet is scary because i think the internet is like the thought form right like the way i was saying that everything is like thought put into physicality you know mm. um i think the internet is scary because it's like a model of the collective unconscious and it's <laughs> fucking terrifying just access it i don't want to i don't want like sometimes I'm on the internet and I'm like, I wish I didn't have this much access to like the inside of people's heads. This guy wants to put microchips in people's brains where we can connect. I'm like, we don't need, we don't need to, to be that close. You know, we already have access, but we don't need immediate constant inundation access. You know? um, but, but yeah, I, um, I like, I, 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 I think what's really fun too is, so I've done so many psychedelics and like I said, I don't really find the need to do them. Often when I do them now, I just kind of feel like I want to go home. I'm like, I like being just here. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had trips where I'm like, I, like, I'm not, I don't panic, but I'm sitting there like, I'd like to go home now. You know? No, I get that. But I get that. It always happened. It's happened a few times in my life where I've had to put stuff down and then come back to it. Also, like I'm a recovering addict, so I have to like avoid using substances to to problem solve. 
mm-hmm. which is nice. It's actually nice because then I get to enjoy a trip when I'm just doing it to trip, right? Just doing it because I'm doing it rather than yeah. like meditating because I'm angry or whatever, you know? Like do breath work when you're angry, but like maybe meditate because you're, you want to just because you sit down and it's quiet, you know? Yeah, because um, yeah, you dig it. That's what Alan Watts always said. You'll, the only yeah. reason to meditate is because you dig it. <laughs> yeah, Rhonda said, you know, the, you know, eventually you have no choice but to meditate because when you're older, you realize there's nothing else to do but sit down and shut up. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, uh, all right, yeah. Jeremy, we're kind of at the end here, dude. Really we're almost can. over our time, but uh, yeah, yeah. I want to say, man, thanks so much for sharing all of that. Uh, I got one yeah, more I question. I, I wish I could share more. Yeah, honestly, like, I, lo- I love this. Well, uh, I hey, you could share more. I got one more question. So it's uh, Jeremy. God, yay or nay? Hmm. Oh, it's like such a, again, uh, you know, I'm not a short answers guy, as we all have learned from this episode, <laughs> um, or if you've ever seen me do stand up or anything else, but God, um, yeah, God's, God's, God's real, man. Like I said, God is just love and truth and presence um, and um, gratitude. All right. I love that. Um, God's, God's here. You know, this, this conversation, that's what it was, right? Nice. Just being there, man. I love that. Ah, all right, man. Thanks so much. Uh, do you want to, like, do you have anything you want to say to my audience where they can get a hold of you or anything like that? Sure. I mean, you can check out uh, my Instagram. Um, I'm um, I'm uh, at the Alpha Dob, uh, D-O-B, not D-O-G, the Alpha okay. Dob, for Dobsky. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I run a, a bi-weekly show at Tonight Bar in Toronto um it's called comedy night tonight and it's every other thursday so you know check out uh, tonight bar that's a great little space um and yeah i don't know that's that's it thank you so much for having me hey thanks my man all right that was another episode thanks for listening everybody please like and subscribe to the podcast give it a good rating that always helps and share it with like-minded people i really do appreciate that you can check me out at NoorKidY on Instagram or check out my website, NoorKidY.com. You can see my comedy. You can see my comedy dates that are coming up and all that other information. We're part of the comedy here often, Podcast Network on 604 Records. But I'll see you next time on another episode of God Yay or Nay. <laughs>